The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes. A frank, open, honest conversation about gambling addicts and addiction. And happy to have with us today, uh, all the way from Iowa, a fellow gambler in recovery, Jessica, joins us today. Jess, it's Craig Carton in New York City. How are you today? Hi, hi there. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, how long has it been since you last made a wager? Uh, January 6, 2023. Oh, so congratulations. We're, You're, uh... we're doing good. I'm so excited. Right. I, I never thought it was possible, but, yep, here I am. All right, well, let's uh, tell your story here a little bit. Uh, how old were you when you first uh, got exposed to gambling? Uh, I first got exposed to gambling as a child, honestly, not uh, directly gambling myself, but um, family. Like watching your definitely... dad play cards or going to the track, what kind of thing yeah. were you doing? All of that, the cards, track, casinos. Right. My family was very big into into that. I never was exposed to the problem side of it uh, as right. a child. It was always uh, something fun that they were going to do. So how old were you when you first started to dabble on your own? I was probably 21. Okay. Um, and-, and that was very little, just dabbling, like you said, uh, here and there with with friends and family. And what was um, your uh, was your game of choice the same throughout your gambling, or did it start with one kind of game and kind of venture uh, to others? Always uh, the slot machines. Got always. it. Got it. So yeah. you're uh, what they call a passive gambler. Um, yeah. And along the way, I, I imagine your story somewhat similar to a lot of stories where you had a couple wins early, or was it not even about that? You know, um, it wasn't even about that for me. It was an emotional escape. Um, And then that was a a couple of traumatic events that happened in my life. Um, More in the last, I would say, eight years or so Mm -hmm. that um, had me going by myself there to, to escape the realities. Well, if you don't so, mind, if you don't mind talking about that a little bit, uh, to the extent that you're comfortable talking about it, which I totally respect, you know, I, I you know, I had childhood trauma, and I I was unaware at the time that I was using gambling to kind of hide. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of people who, whether it's you know, divorce, abuse, um, just emotional unwellness that gambling provided something that amounted to a safe haven for people like me and you, where as long as I was gambling and then that cocoon of gambling, uh, winning money, losing money became irrelevant. It was the feeling of I'm kind of, maybe not safe is probably not the right word, but I'm good over here as long as I'm doing this. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, and and uh, honestly, the main the main thing I, I took away from that was I didn't think of anything else. There was nothing else uh, at that time I was gambling or at the casino other than that moment. Right. Whether I was you know praying for a win and to win my losses back, eventually it became you know a desperate act of trying to win back losses. Where at first it was more of let me find a place where I can escape. I don't have to think about the events that are happening right now. 
and that's kind of where it, where it went from there. I had some family members with mental health issues that affected me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, there were deaths in the family um, that also affected me and just caused a lot of, a lot of trauma for me. And um, I never really used to go a lot by myself, but that, like you said, that was my safe haven. That's where I could go, escape, not sure. think about these events that were happening. It's actually, you know, when you process it that way, it actually makes sense. You found something that made you feel good or at least, you know, made you uh, not have to concentrate and focus your brain power and emotional power on, you know, problems that were happening or, you know, something significant like losing a friend or a relative. So what do we do? You you know, you turn to something that makes you feel comfortable and even at times good about yourself. Um, Exactly. uh, So how, like at the height of it, when you're really in it deep, when you look back on your life now, the clarity that you're starting to have, how many days a week would you do it? And you know, what was a normal trip for you to go to a casino to play slots? It's just incredible thinking back on it now. Um, I lived very close to a casino, so it was not uncommon for me to go daily if I could. Um, but it was just until, you know, the money ran out. And then I would wait till the next paycheck. And this, the, the, the worst part about it during that time was thinking I had control. Right. So my thought was, okay, I can, when this paycheck comes, I, I know what I can afford, which I really couldn't afford anything. <laughs> it was another lie I told myself. Um, and that never happened. It always went, okay, one more. Okay, let me try again. Oh, God, I lost all of that. I got to get it back. And and then, you know, by that time, it's all gone. And sometimes I could lose my whole paycheck in one day. Well, I'm sure, now, yeah, I'm sure um, you did. Yeah, I'm sure there were many yeah. times when you did. Exactly. So now you're scrambling to either recoup, borrow, steal, uh, you know, whatever means right. um, people take right. to, to, to try and, to do it again. And yeah. uh, unfortunately for a lot of us, um, you know, we become world-class liars because, exactly. you know, if you're in a financial bind and the only way to get money legally is to borrow it from a friend, a relative, exactly. you exactly. make up every story in the book as to why you need the money and why you need it right now. Uh, yep, exactly. So I wonder, as your gambling became more problematic, uh, were there people in your life that recognized that, you were becoming more of a loner, more quiet, you know, keeping to yourself more, or that there was something going on where they questioned you about it, you know, out of love and said, yeah. you know, hey, Jess, what's going on? Yeah, actually, um, looking back, uh, of course, I lied about everything. Um, but, yes, looking back, the, the comments uh, came from some family. Are you okay? Um, why don't, you know, why don't you have any money this week? Why can't you afford to do this? Or why are you, you know, sneaking out every night? (laughs) And, uh, yeah, those questions. And, of course, I lied. Oh, you know, out with family, out with friends. Oh, you don't know how much my bills are. Mm -hmm. You don't know how much everything costs. And, yeah, definitely. So for a lot of us, there is a kind of bottom of the barrel moment um, where the poop hits the fan and you just decide that day, for whatever the reason is, that I'm not going to borrow more money. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to acknowledge that I've got a problem and I need help. But prior to getting that, there's usually an event, not all the time, but usually there's a night, there's Rock a trip. Bottom. Yeah, there's Rock a trip bottom. to the casino. There's a moment where <laughs> yeah. we hit our, you know, and unfortunately rock bottom has levels to it also. Trust me on that. Um, <laughs> That's what someone told me. I, I went to the basement, not just rock bottom. Yeah, no, no. The there's, uh, you know, it's funny when I hear people talk about, 
you know, oh, I hit rock bottom. I hit rock bottom. And then there was a stairway down deeper. And I sadly found it. What yeah. for you was that, you know, kind of moment? If you don't mind sharing, you know, what amounts to, no, you know, your worst day, what was it? Yeah. Um, leading up to my worst day, well, I thought was my worst day before my worst day. So <laughs> I, I had, um, I realized, you know, how deep I was getting into debt. I had um, re- bar- asked a friend for some money, and she actually is the one who confronted me about the gambling for the first time ever, anybody. She recognized the signs, and she straight out asked me if I was. And I, I was honest with her, and it kind of was a little bit of relief, to be honest with her. So she said to me, okay, if you go get some help, if you go to maybe find a GA meeting, uh, I'll lend you the money. I just need to know that you're, you're going for help. Right. She called me the next day after I'd made all the appointments, made plans to go to a meeting, and said, you know what? Because I love you, I'm not giving you the money. Wow. So she said, and I promise you, this is for you, for the best for you. This is the best thing I could do for you right now. And she was right. Yeah. And she was absolutely right. So In, in, the, I, um, in the moment she said that, when you're still knee-deep in the addiction, was there, uh, did you get angry at her? Were you mad at her? I was more uh, depressed and crying. I don't know if it was really anger at sure. her. Okay. But I was scared. Put it that way. I was yep. very scared because I didn't know where I was going to go at that point. Um, the next step I took was um, to go to see a therapist who also encouraged Gamblers Anonymous. And then the day, actually that same evening, I, I went to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting. Um, tons of support, tons of encouragement there, but I still wasn't at my rock bottom at that or basement, whatever you want to call it at that right. point. Um, I had about two or three more paychecks that came that I went and gambled even after going to GA. Yeah. But I had a GA um, brother, uh, another uh, member of the, the GA fellowship who supported me and stayed on top of me and would call me every day. Mm. And he would ask me every day, did you gamble today? Did you gamble today? <laughs> and, and sure enough, I, I didn't want to lie. And he encouraged me to be honest. He right. encouraged me to be honest about it. So I went back in that meeting every time with honesty. Um, and I think that really helped, helped me stay true to myself till now. But the, the, the last point was when I, two things, I was about to get my house foreclosed on. I received a foreclosure notice and I received a notice. They were turning off my electric. Hmm. That was the day I went to the casino and I self-excluded, um, for a lifetime. Good and, for you. uh, you know, it's, it's funny was, you say that, was, that because, yeah. you know, I counsel a lot of uh, you know, younger guys more specifically than any other group of people. And I always say to them, you know, you can self-exclude uh, really two ways. You can go online and self-exclude from any online wagering, but that still allows you to physically walk into a casino, at least right. in the state of New Jersey. I, I can't yeah. speak to, you know, to Iowa or other states, but I know in New Jersey, if you self-exclude online, you can't wager online with any, any carrier. Uh, but wow. you can walk into the casino. Uh, and I always say to, you know, young guys that, you know, I counsel, uh, the very first question I ask is, have you self-excluded yet? Because it literally, as you know, takes five minutes. Um, yeah. And when guys tell me that they haven't, for me, I'm well aware that they're not ready yet. They're not ready. And, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the realities for me in recovery is that, you know, I can't, nobody can make me want to recover. Nobody can make you stop gambling. I don't care how long you've been a therapist, 
how long you've been in GA. I cannot make you stop gambling. But when you decide yourself that you're ready to stop gambling, I can be there 24-7 to support you. Um, and so I think true. there's, I think there's so a misnomer true. sometimes in recovery that, hey, I went to GA, but I still gambled. Hey, I, I have a, uh, you know, a big brother or sister, uh, someone in the fellowship. Oh, I still gambled. I went to rehab. I still gambled. Yeah, because no one's going to stop you from gambling. But when you're ready to stop, there's a full community of people who love you, who are willing to be there for you to support you through the journey. It is unbelievable how much support and love comes from this community. And you're right. You can't. You have to want it. You have to do it. But GA provides you the tools and the yep. support to make it happen. And I am a success story, and I'm happy to share my story as many times as I can to anybody that I can try to get through to because I, I don't know where I would be today without that support. You know, I don't yep. know where I would be. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. We'll take, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue on. I want to hear how, how life has changed for the better from you in just one second. It's uh, Jessica from Iowa. It's Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Good morning. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Happy to have Jessica here from Iowa. Jess, before we get to the good stuff, if you don't mind me asking, you know, when you hit that rock bottom, was uh, there ever a moment where you contemplated Yo, the easy way out's not waking up tomorrow morning. I don't want to have to live through uh, recovery. I don't have to explain my actions to anybody, and I'm done. Or did you never get to that level from a mental health standpoint? Um, I, I absolutely got to that point, Craig. Absolutely, 100%. You did. Got to that point. Absolutely, yep. That's why I say I don't know where I would be today, but I know sure. um, if I hadn't reached that point, if I hadn't gotten that help and the support from all of these people that are just incredible, I, I absolutely have had those thoughts more than once. As, than once. as did I. As did I. And many do. Yeah. Many do. And it's, uh, I, I appreciate you you're getting emotional on it because it's real. Yeah. It's tangible. It and is. it's probably not that long ago. Yep. Yep. Very true. Had Very you true. had you like gone, and I apologize if, if I'm pressing, but it's okay. Had you contemplated what you were going to do and thought about, you know, th that aspect of ending your life, or no? Um, not exactly. Um, I am. I've always been um, religious, brought up in the church, and to be honest. I've had I have a fear of God and what may happen to me in the mm. afterlife if mm -hmm. I were to do something like that. And my my daughter, my daughter was the, probably the main source of me continuing and pushing forward because if it wasn't for her, you know, those thoughts may have gone in a in a much worse direction. Sure. Um and was it for you as simple as getting yourself exposed to these kind people who cared about you having never met you before the day you walked in where you kind of shed those thoughts of, of not waking up or was it a process for you? Uh, um, it, it was definitely the folks in that, in that community for sure that have helped me through it. Definitely. Um, and the, the thoughts started going away. Right. You know, as as I started recovery and working through not only the financial damages I've caused, but the, the issues that caused me to want to escape right. to the casinos. I'm working on that aspect as well. 
Yeah, it's, it's a multi-pronged thing. There's the things exactly. that happened to you that may have led you to go down the road of gambling and using gambling as an outlet. And then there's the gambling itself, and you really have to attack all sides of it to exactly. get to a place where you're healthy. Well, here's the good news. You sound like you're doing great, and you should know that you and I have never met, but I'm proud of you because it's not easy. And, you know, I, I saw an interview. Every now and then you see an interview that resonates, right, where you see someone speak, and for no reason at all it resonates with you. Well, Robert Downey Jr. was being interviewed. I, I don't even know when the interview's from, Jess. And he, he was a drug addict, right, quite publicly. Uh, lost his freedom, lost his career, lost everything, and obviously he's worked uh, his ass off to get it all back. And he made a comment that really stood out to me that I only saw it two weeks ago, and it, it absolutely hit me in my soul. And it was that, you know, recovering from his addiction was not hard. It was the right. willingness to take the step to want to recover that was hard. And that I know, is such and a I, true statement. Yeah, yeah. and I don't, want, I don't want to put, you know, his story or my story, your story in as a cookie-cutter you know, event because I recognize that recovery is not one-size-fits-all. But him saying that really resonated with me. I have found my ability to not gamble gets easier and easier every day I don't gamble. And the reality is that it was harder to want to stop gambling than to actually stop gambling. It's so true. And I and I think about that today, and I'm amazed by it. You know, it's like, okay, stopped. Wow, I actually stopped. <laughs> All right, All right. You know, okay. It wasn't that hard. But like you said, you have to want it. Yeah. You have to want it. So let me ask you this. Obviously, you got a long way to go, but you're doing yeah. great. And how is life for you now, recognizing that you don't fix anything overnight financially, relationship-wise, all that, but you can take a lot of great steps forward to having a life worth living, to feeling good about yourself, to liking the person you see when you look in the mirror, uh, to repairing relationships. Uh, how are you doing right now in the moment? You know, uh, my my biggest takeaway right now that I am so happy about is that besides the fact that I have been able to save my home through the help of the pressure relief uh, group, I'm also thinking clearly. I have a clear mind. I'm not stressing. I'm not, you know, trying to get the next dollar. You know, I'm definitely working on the financial recovery, but I, I'm I'm such a happier person right now. I'm not stressing out. I'm not... Uh, it's just incredible to have that peace in your mind and that clear thinking. That's probably sure. the biggest thing for me right and now. And it's amazing, going. for me at least, when I look back on all the mental energy I spent on gambling and oh, I have all incredible. that free brain space now, it's like, what do I do with myself, with myself right? right? <laughs> yeah, and that was one of the things that took me a little getting used to in the beginning too. It's like I have this free time now. What do I do? Right. You know, and I, I learned – how to be still. I learned how to just do nothing. It's okay to do nothing. Sometimes. Yeah, I I, uh, I built the chicken coop when I've got 11 <laughs> chickens and they're a pain in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, oh uh, I think it's great that you share your story. Um, you know, when, when I first went to rehab and I saw women sitting across the room from me in rehab, and I didn't mean this from a sexist standpoint, it never dawned on me that women would be addicts as well. And that's just yeah. a closed-minded view on gambling, obviously, but for, for the men and women out there that are listening, I think you uh, can share a powerful message. If there's someone out there that is where you were literally six months ago, you know, still knee-deep in the addiction, the throes of the addiction, recognizing they might have a problem or do have a problem but not yet ready for whatever the reason is, 
you know, to go get the help that they need, and they're looking for some guidance. What would you say to somebody that's literally at, you know, step one of recognizing they've got an issue and getting ready to go get help? How would you advise them? You know, the, the first thing I would say is love yourself. Love yourself enough to want this and to make it happen. There are people out there that are willing to help you, support you, guide you. You're not alone. Um, you're definitely not alone. That was one of my biggest um, thoughts. I, I'm the only one who did this, or how could I do this? You're not alone. These these groups, these GA meetings, these these folks in these meetings who testimony, who provide their testimony and what they've been through. I, I realized, wow, I'm I'm not alone. And if these people can get through it and be successful, I can too. And, you know, the, the first time when all these people reached out to me in the first meeting or second meeting, I almost thought it was like, okay, what do they want? Why yeah. are they being so nice? You know? <laughs> me but too. it was legitimate, truthful, caring people who want to give back and let you know that you can get through this. You can. You can recover and you can be happy again. Yeah, and I, I would further that, you know, not every GA room is for everybody. It's okay to shop around a bit. Oh, absolutely. It's okay to go into a room and not feel comfortable and say, I'm not going back to that room and go find another room. I think I went to five or six or seven different rooms until I found one that I just felt really comfortable in. And then that became my room every single week. And, you know, it's funny what you said, because I remember, you know, when you're the new guy or gal in those rooms, you know, you share your phone number and... All of a sudden, you, you got like seven text messages, yeah. and you're like, "Boy, these people are weird. Like, why are they texting me?" And then you know, a couple of them drop off, but one or two yeah. start texting you on a regular basis. Out of the kindness of their hearts, they truly care about exactly. you, and that's real. And it helps. And and I'll share this one anecdote with you before I let you go. I went to a room for a long time, and there was a gentleman. I would say in his uh, early seventies, late sixties. And whenever he spoke, he kind of kept the room wrapped attention. He was a great public speaker and had more time under his belt in recovery than anybody. And I saw him after one of our meetings, and I said to him, you've got 30-plus years in recovery. You've clearly got this beat. Why do you still, you know, kill your weekend by coming to this church and spending a couple hours, you know, at GA? Uh, you, you, you won. You got it. And he looked me dead in the eye, didn't hesitate a second. And he said, the reason I made it 30 years is because I come to this room. And that meant so much to me because I thought if I got 30 years, then I'm good. Like, I'm not going anymore. Right, right. And the fact that that guy went and continues to go and credits it with why even 30 years later, he doesn't fall to the temptation of gambling is why I still talk to people on a weekly basis because it's real and it's tangible. And you know what? It makes me feel good to help other people. It makes me feel good. You know, if I got something going on yeah. to, to get it off my chest as well, and I, I assume and I hope you feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of recovery is being able to give back and support other people in their journey. Absolutely. Well, listen, you did a great job here today. Keep up the good work. There's a lot of people really, really proud of you. You're doing a great job. You got it. Keep your head up. There'll be tough times for sure. No, Know that. Yeah. Um, and there'll be urges for sure, know that. But uh, if you keep your head on straight and reach out p- to people when you need to, uh, you got this thing licked. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That's Jessica. I mean, every week uh, you hear stories of people that were literally c- contemplating suicide 
over dealing with the problems that gambling addiction caused them. It's real, it's tangible, it's heartfelt. If you are one of those people, if you do think you uh, you have somebody in your life that you're concerned about, please reach out to them. It's one phone call. You'll make that call, check on a loved one or a buddy or friend, see how they're doing, because that one phone call can save people save people's lives. And I would just say one other thing, it's a bit of a soapbox thing, but you know, a lot of times we lose sight of the people in our lives that we hurt. And I imagine this probably lends itself to, you know, uh, drug addicts and alcoholics as well. But, you know, addicts hurt the people they love the most. Those are the people closest to us. Those are the people that are easiest to hurt. Those are the people we lie to. Those are the people we borrow from or steal from, et cetera. And I think we should always take stock on the negative impact we have on their lives, family members' lives, parents' lives, brothers and sisters, and children and spouses. And and on behalf of addicts out there, I would want to say to my family, to my loved ones, to my friends, on behalf of all addicts, that I am sorry. I do recognize with great clarity and great humility and honesty now what I put you all through. I didn't do it on purpose for sure, but I still did it. And you can never fully write that wrong. You can never fully regain 100% of the self-respect, of the respect of others, of their trust. But you can certainly live your life in a manner where at some point, someday, they will look at you and appreciate the hard work you've put in to better yourself. Whether you get that relationship back or not, you continue taking those steps forward to live your life as a better person. And I feel like I'm blessed to have the opportunity to do that both professionally with the job I have, personally with the far majority of my family still intact uh, on a friendship level, having lost number numbers of friends because of my actions, that there will come a day when everyone will at some point look back on my journey and say, yeah, that kid really messed up. He really messed up, but he did everything in his power for the rest of his life to live his life in a just, righteous manner, and I appreciate the fact that he tried to do that. And if I get that before I die, then I will die a happy man, Uh, and it's important to me that I'm viewed that way at some point, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime in the next 40 or 50 years that somebody does recognize that I did try to right every wrong, even if I failed to. We got lots more cooking on. Hello, my name is Craig in the weeks ahead. I appreciate you listening to us. Joe Beningo's up next on The Fan. Enjoy your weekend, and thank you for listening to Hello, my name is Craig.